plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. Thank you so much for being here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We have a wonderful show coming to you live from the Voice American Network and brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. And I am hoping to always catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they've already happened. And I want you to talk to yourself as you live your dreams and act like you have everything you need to be the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. The Miracle Moment is coming to you from Be The Star You Are charity. We're in our final couple weeks of our shoe drive. So if you are in the area, of the San Francisco Bay Area and you want to clean out your closets, we will take your shoes. Please visit us, be the star you are.org, and they're going to go to uh, third world countries, families and women in poverty, and hoping that we can help some people become these micro entrepreneurs. This is from W. Clement Stone. When you discover your mission, you will feel its demand. It will fill you with enthusiasm and a burning desire to get to work on it. So I hope that you are living your passion, which which brings me to what our segment one is going to be about today. Do you know what you want to do or be when you grow up? Most young people are interested in investigating the future. College and university is great for some, not for others. Maybe you want a trade school as an alternative, a vocational school, because that is also very important. So we'll be talking about that in segment one. In segment two, of course, we go into the garden this week, and we're going to weave a tapestry of color in our July garden. I want you to unleash your creativity and indulge in the art of cultivating colorful gardens while exploring the wonders of nature, because this is a very glowing golden month. And finally, do you understand your credit score? How high does it need to be to help you get lower loan rates? And do you need a perfect score? It's interesting how scores vary and sometimes paying off your debt actually lowers your score. So We're going to dive deeply into um, the credit scores because I have just recently found out a few things that are rather interesting. But before we go on, I know you've probably been watching the news and you know that Screen Actors Guild, AFTRA, as well as the Directors Guild are on strike. And I am a longtime member of Screen Actors Guild. The contract um, that that we're striking with is our motion picture contract. And so it does not affect this radio show. I'm working under a different contract. So so I can still be here with you on the radio. But I just wanted to read to you um, what screen, what actors are up against. 
And this um, letter came from our president, who, you know, so many of you probably already know because she was the nanny. But this is also from everybody, the SAG after theatrical negotiating um, committee. But here's what they're saying. This is the simple truth. We're up against a system where those in charge of multi-billion dollar media conglomerates are rewarded for exploiting workers. The companies represented by the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, it's called AMPTP, that includes Amazon, MGM, Apple, Disney, ABC, Fox, NBC, Universal, Netflix, Paramount, CBS, Sony, Warner Brothers, Discovery, HBO, and others. They are committed to prioritizing shareholders and Wall Street. So they wanted to give us a few key issues as actors, and I really want listeners to know what's going on in the negotiation and where things stand, because we've moved on some things, but from day one, the AMPTP, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, wouldn't meaningfully engage on the most critical issues. And here are the critical issues. Performers need minimum earnings to simply keep up with inflation. They are, um, as performers, we're asking for 11% general wage increase in year one so our members can recover from record inflation during the previous contract term. And of course, almost every actor was out of work for almost the three years or the two years of the pandemic. What they wanted to give is 5%, even though that means the 2023 earnings will be sig effectively significantly pay cuts due to inflation. And it is likely that as actors, we will still be working for less than our 2020 wages in 2026. So that's um, interesting. Performers need the protection of our images and performances to prevent replacement of human performances by artificial intelligent technology. And this is one that I'm really big on. Um, I, for me, yeah, I mean, it would be great to get the 11%, but, but I'd be happy with whatever. But the, this, I want to I have uh, agency over my image and likeness. What actors want are a comprehensive set of provisions to grant informed consent and fair compensation when a digital replica is made of our performance or changed using AI. But what the producers want to do, they want to be able to scan a background performer's image, pay them for just a half a day of labor, and then listen to this, use that individual's likeness for any purpose, anywhere, anytime, forever without their consent. Now, I had something happen to me back in the 80s where uh, a, a photo of me was put into TV Guide. There was a TV Guide at the time that uh, was from another ad, except for this time they put it under a, a, a title I would have never, ever consented to. I had no idea, was never paid never informed, and it lost me a lot of work. It was really, really bad. We had to actually have a legal battle over it. So um, they also want to be able to make changes to an actor's dialogue, even create new scenes without any consent. They want to be able to use someone's image, likeness, and performances to train the new generative AI systems 
and do without any consent and without any compensation. Hey, we're actors. This is what we do. You know, this is our work. So you want us to, you want to use our image, our likeness, our performance, pay us. Performers need qualified hair and makeup professionals, as well as equipment to safely and effectively style. And um, they, they were, they're saying that they will do some of this for principal performers, but not for background actors. But unfortunately, if you're in a period piece, a background actor cannot be expected to create a, you know, the, the period look. So they're going to need some help from stylists. And performers need compensation to reflect the value that actors bring to the streamers who profit from the labor. So what actors are asking is consider this comprehensive plan for actors to participate in streaming revenue since the current business model has completely eroded residuals income and the producers just have a very big final no. Now, what you need to know with with uh, acting uh, throughout, well, since we've had a union, is that when actors work, you get paid a certain amount for the that first usage. And then um, whenever it is used again in a different format or a different, uh, uh, you know, television or film or if it's whatever it is, um, you get a residual. And this is how most actors can stay afloat because actors are artists and the starving artist is a reality. <laughs> uh, and interestingly, I mean, I am still getting, I'm getting residuals from movies that, movies and TV shows that I did 30 years ago. And that's part of your income. So they're, they're saying an absolute not. So that's a big one. Um, also, the performers need support from employers to keep the health and retirement funds sustainable. Contr contribution caps have, haven't been raised in 40 years. And that really is imperiling the pension and health plans. And they were just, the actors asked, Respectfully, would you consider raising the caps to adjust for inflation and ensure that that all performers, regardless of age or location, receive equal contributions? And um, pretty much that answer is no. There are some nominal increases nowhere near the level that they need to be to fund the health plan. And um uh, they're also saying that child performers under 14 years of age living in the New York zone don't deserve pension contributions and that they have not been paid since 1992. One other thing is principal performers need to be able to work during hiatus and not be held captive by employers. Now, what's hiatus is in between if you are a regular on a television show, for example, there's usually a downtime of a few months. But what happens is some, um, some of the producers have a contract where they won't let you work for anybody else, but they're also not paying you for that time, but you're not allowed to work. So what actors are asking for are timelines that, uh, that for series regulars that would limit the increasingly long breaks between seasons and give actors some certainty as to when they'll start work again or release them so that they can at least work again. 
And then um, the final thing is principal performers. Those are the, you know, the main actors, the speaking actors. They need to be reimbursed for relocation expenses when they're employed away from home. So what actors are asking for is drop the ruse that series regulars are becoming residents of a new st state or country when they go on location, just adequately pay them for their relocation costs. And what producers are saying, well, we'll give a stipend, but uh, we're not going to you know, re relocate somebody to out of state or out of the country production. But unfortunately, this is what ends up happening is that you when you have a movie that's filming for five or six months or nine months in another country, you know, it's it can get very expensive. So there needs to be some kind of compensation. So hope that hopefully that gives you a little bit of background on that. Now, let me just get to the topic I was going to talk about for our segment one. And this is is there a point, you know, to college anymore or uh, are trade schools and vocational schools becoming more important? And it's interesting because today I was interviewed by one of my uh, first radio volunteers for Be The Star You Are and um, radio host, Stephen Zhao, who helped launch Express Yourself. He was the first host way back in 2011 and uh, he is now a phd and he is has just uh, been um granted his first book he got his first book contract and he's going to be writing about how you interview for your first job and what it takes and you know the whole college thing so i just did an interview with him and so that was really interesting because I um, I really, I saved my money by raising chickens from the time I was eight so that I could have a college education because no one in my family had ever gone to college. Uh, grandparents, some of them didn't even have any schooling. Um, everybody, you know, being immigrants, that was kind of tough, tough times. Uh, but I really wanted college. But soon after the 2008, 2009 financial crashes tanked the economy, Americans on flagging faith in higher education started to falter. And by 2011, more than half of college graduates were unemployed or underemployed. Now, of course, we know that the economy rebounded and then people started wanting to go back to college. And um, But now people are wondering about how a college degree is really going to help them. And the reason is, is because so much we hear about all this debt, right? There's so much debt out there from going to college. And so many people can't get a job. You get out of college after you've spent, you know, a lot of money, thousands of dollars of money, and you have to flip burgers. And that doesn't really make any sense. So the value proposition of college may not be what it once was. Um, it's clear that the data that is out there is valuable, but what do people really want? And what do we need in our society? Uh, we need, yes, we need the doctors and the lawyers and 
you know, the engineers and so many people, we need people that are thinking, et cetera. But we also need the mechanics and the cosmetologists and the barbers and the farmers and the farm workers. And so maybe for some jobs, going to a vocational school or a trade school might be a smarter decision. In 2009, 70% of high school graduates enrolled in college. In 20, 2021, that figure had dropped to 61%. And that's about where it was in 1994. So what happened? In the populist study, the number one purpose for the fourth year in a row was that students develop practical, tangible skills such as managing finances and uh, preparing meals. That was what is was important, like to get out of the house and be on your own. Other highly ranked measures included thinking critically to solve problems and make decisions and demonstrating character. So being prepared for a career ranked six. Now that is up from 27th before the pandemic. So during the pandemic, people weren't even thinking about career. So college is a necessary and valuable pathway for many careers, and it can help learners expand their worlds and try out different identities. And it can be really transformative for individuals and families, especially first-generation college students as I was. Now, for me, it was absolutely transformational. And um, I am... I am very different from my siblings who didn't attend college and they're wonderful people and they did their own thing, but we, we've learned different skills. It should be a foregone conclusion, obviously, that primary and secondary education for all students is necessary, right? So maybe you don't go to college, but you definitely need to go to, to um, grammar school and high school. But just as everyone isn't going to be a pilot or a plumber or a captain of a ship. Not everyone needs to spend two or four more years studying. So students' interests vary widely and they are flourishing with, um, there's so much human variation. So we got to 70% by way of social engineering, not choice. And again, that was back in 2009. Campaigns were extolling higher education as a way to work smart rather than work hard with images of, you know, dirty, I don't know, farmers next to a shiny college graduate. But it never factored in that price of tuition. And there are also structural reasons underpinning our nation's newfound hunger for skills. An unusually tight labor market means employers are less inclined to require degrees. So these days, I mean, if you have the skills and you have the enthusiasm and you have the passion and you're willing to learn, employers are really looking for you. It's really much easier to, to train somebody with a, uh, in a new job if they're not coming in with bad habits. So what started with tech has now spread to the public sector. Uh, the Harvard Business Review estimated last year that 1.4 million jobs would be available to workers without any university or college degree within the next five years. And 
over two thirds of Americans, two thirds do not have a bachelor's degree. And again, so many careers do not require it. So there's a lot of alternatives now available for learning and training are far richer than they used to be. Before the pandemic, the you know courses, there were about 2 million new learners a quarter. And then when the pandemic hit, that increased to 5 million per quarter with 113 million registered learners. There were so many platforms. Everybody was on Zoom. They were taking master classes. They were learning everything from computer science to, you know, the secrets of the universe. Uh, and of course, everybody was learning to bake bread, right? People were training for businesses and um, people were just learning new skills. I have, I have uh, nieces that have just graduated college. One's going to a, a nursing school and another one went to just a nine month course to become a beautician so that she can do hair. So, you know, we, we're going to need everything. We just, we need everything. I meant graduated from high school. One, one graduate went to college, one decided to graduate just from, from high school and then go into cosmetology. And, you know, um, it, it's interesting if you ever go to a beauty salon it seems that they're never going to be out of work because people are always going to get their hair cut and their hair colored and their hair styled. Um, these days, people are getting their makeup done and blowouts and nails. And so all of these are careers that some of them are, are a very short period of time. It, you could get a new career with as little as six weeks of training. So the U.S.'s mistake um, in trying to stigmatize people for not going to college, I think has really failed. I think that we really have to do uh, just tell people to keep on learning and focus our graduates, our young people to prepare for work they're going to love and meaningful work. Um, you know, a college degree is great, but it isn't the end all and be all. Now, colleges are really super at developing many of the power skills, you know, like soft skills, like analytical thinking, active learning, complex problem solving. I was a history major. I had to really, really learn how to be a speed reader to retain what I did. I had to learn to be a good writer and a researcher. And those are skills that I have brought to everything that I've done, uh, including this radio show. But Data continues to show that college graduates, they still are earning more, they are employed at higher rates, and they do tend to have a stronger sense of identity than those with only a high school diploma. But then all you have to do is look at many of the world's billionaires out there who either dropped out of college or who never went at all, and they've invented things and, or they're in tech or, you know, they started Facebook, <laughs> whatever it is, is uh, there are so many stories out there of people who just followed their heart and their dream. They did what they loved. So it's really about passion. Follow your passion there. You the reality is, is there's really many ways to succeed, to build your identity, to find your purpose and so many pathways to earn 
a decent living, um, especially when so many of the growing jobs are requiring some specialized expertise. I mean, think about even customer service, how important that is, and to have personality skills, uh, being able to uh, to go in and even to administer vaccines, any of that. So what basically an education if, uh, is for, it's to prepare us for meaningful work, for meaningful lives. And we can't just decide that college is for everyone. Also, if college is too expensive, we've got to find a way to make it affordable, not only for the wealthy, but for everyone. Again, I put myself through college. I had to raise chickens from the time I was eight and sell the eggs. And then I had to work full time while I was carrying a full load throughout my time at UCLA and Cal Berkeley. Now, maybe that's the secret is when someone is really busy, they're going to be more organized and watch their time and do a better job. But we have to offer young people a broader set of opportunities and pathways to realize their future selves, including a college degree, but also trade schools, vocational schools, and other opportunities. We are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit, and we're going to just take a stroll into the garden for some colorful tips and some happy, happy July joy. Stay with me. I'll be back in a bit. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, we're still together. Thank you so much. Elizabeth Murray said gardening is the art that uses flowers and plants as paint and the soil and sky as canvas. I couldn't agree more. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Well, here in my neck of the woods, the verdant hills have turned golden as the peak of summertime splendor arrives. The sunsets are really sensational, while the wonders of nature captivate our senses. A girlfriend gifted me the book, Color In and Out of the Garden, by Lorreen Edwards Forkner, and I find myself swinging in my hammock under my magnificent magnolia, perusing the brushstrokes and hues of the garden as I turn the pages. Of course, that's only when I take the time (laughs) off to do it, but I love this book. Finally, my months of intense weeding are complete. I have to admit, my hands and fingers are really numb from the repeated motions Uh, Yet I am reaping the glorious joy of nature's painted floral magic. My garden is indeed the lens through which I see the world. Now, the tapestry of colors helps me learn to see with eyes wide open what the landscape is producing this month. I have this beautiful compact saison clematis. And it boasts these deep purple flowers. It covers the vine. It also is like winding itself through my roses and peeking through other other spots. As an aside, I seem to have numerous famous artists in my garden collection. I have a rabbit named Monet, a bird named Rembrandt. I guess I really love these artists. (laughs) Anyway, fluorescent pink perennial sweet pea. If you've never seen this, this is really interesting. Um, it is a trailing sweet pea. Now, some people don't like it because it starts twining its way around other plants. Now, it has uh, covered parts of my hillside and it's crept into my carpet roses. But why I love it, it is like fluorescent pink, but it's a sweet pea. So it's a big sweet pea flower in a fluorescent pink, kind of a pinky purple. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And speaking of roses, they are absolutely flourishing. They are providing continual bouquets of beauty and fragrance. And I just love having roses. I always have flowers in the house. Pink and purple do appear to be my summer theme as I have a purple trumpet vine and potato vine. They are climbing together in my rose garden where I have these cerise colored angel face roses. That's that's what reigns there. I love these angel face roses. They're kind of fluffy and and so uh, aromatic. And then on the uh, as a ground cover, I have pink knotweed blanketing the soil. I had this new succulent growing in a container on my front porch, and I didn't know it would ever bloom. It burst into bloom in this luminous pink-purple shade, and it just was such a joyous, festive summer surprise. And of of course, for all of us who are in drought areas or have water shortages, you know, having um, succulents is a great idea because so many of the succulents bloom and they have really beautiful blooms. I am not an expert on succulents. I know a succulent, but I don't know all their names. 
but I love having them because they just seem to thrive with really <laughs> minimal maintenance or maybe nothing at all. You don't even look at them. Another one of my favorites is Birds of Paradise. Both the orange and the blue varieties, they are showstoppers in gardens and their flowers do indeed resemble birds. They are really easy to grow, easy to maintain, and a wonderful addition to a garden where you are seeking a more tropical feeling. Now, the blue variety, uh, it grows really tall. I mean, it can grow, I don't know, 15 feet. It gets rather big and you just need to keep it pruned and keep any dead, um, you know, the dead leaves pruned. The orange gets kind of very large as well, but not that tall, maybe four feet by four feet. And it has these beautiful orange um, birds that come out of it. They just look so much like a bird. And they're fun to cut and make an arrangement too, because you can also make a whole theme around birds. Oh, speaking of birds, Hopefully you have included birdhouses, bird baths, bird feeders in your garden design. Birds are one of our best pest control options. And as a bonus, they serenade us with their song and they provide tons of entertainment as they flip from limb to limb. They're just like, you know, acrobats. So install a porch swing or a bench or a hammock, which is my go-to and enjoy the performance. Now, what I did something as an experiment this year. I planted tomatoes, thyme, peppers, and shallots in a large container outside my kitchen window so that I could grab and go. And I wasn't sure how it would all work, but I thought, okay, if I'm gonna write about it or talk about it, I want to try it and see if it's working. Well, the plants are happy and thriving. I've already harvested the shallots, peppers, and thyme. And of course, the they, um, the thyme will continue uh, growing. The parsley will as well, and hopefully the peppers. And my cherry tomato vines may eventually cover my window. They are so, they're just so happy. They're just going everywhere. And there's tons of cherry tomatoes on them, but they're still green. So I'm waiting for them to ripen. Now the garlic I planted last fall had green leaves in June, but this past weekend I harvested it. Now my recipe for success, if you are planting garlic, is to harvest it sometime between July 4th and maybe August 1st or August 4th. What you want is the leaves of the garlic to be about one third golden and then gently dig up the soil around the bulb to see if the garlic is large enough. Don't pull. Uh, you, you know, if so, you use a fork to dig, you don't pull it. The garlic um, will then come out easily out of the ground. If you pull, you might just break it off and you might damage the, the garlic bulb. You shake off the dirt and don't wash it. Now, if you let the leaves go completely brown, the garlic may not be tasty. And then after you have shaken off the dirt, and again, don't wash it, braid your leaves and then hang them in a dark, dry place for at least 30 days before consuming, uh, consuming them. Now, a dark, um, a, a dark, garage, a shed, a closet, you know, even a cabinet uh, can work. <clears throat> and what I love about garlic, as with all homegrown produce, homegrown garlic just, I don't know, has so much more flavor 
aroma. It's just so robust. So really consider that. Also, a solution with garlic and water sprayed onto plants is a natural pest repellent. And I also um, have, when I have, uh, well, extra clothes, I mean, whoever has extra clothes, but so yeah, you just have to use the clothes you have. Add a clove of garlic to the soil around your roses and you will deter any bugs. Now, the last time I was talking um, about gardening, I also discussed the importance of composting. And what I have done is I filled five gallon, gallon buckets with compost and then I spread it around my roses and then I dug it into the soil in my potager and in my vegetable garden. And just remember that compost works miracles and it's really easy to make. Just save all your scraps, everything but meat, and then add it to a closed container, a pile or a bin. If you wanna keep any unwanted uh, insects at bay, you can add some scraps of soap if you, if you want. They will um, decompose, but you can put uh, newspaper, paper shavings, um, you know, wood chips, all of that. You can put leaves and small twigs and it'll all compost. Now it is time to start considering bulbs that you may want to plant in the fall. So I always suggest perusing garden catalogs or to ask your nursery expert for suggestions. And with all this ample sunshine and warmer temperatures, we can enjoy a dazzling summer of some garden parties and floral displays. So going beyond our backyards, you wanna check out any community gardens throughout our area that uh, unite neighbors and foster a sense of camaraderie. The joys of July gardening include ecologically friendly practices, promoting biodiversity, conserving water, and supporting the artistic heritage of our environment. So get inspired by the collective er efforts of residents in a community garden who have beautified your city by creating vibrant and sustainable green spaces. So unleash your creativity, indulge in the art of cultivating colorful gardens and explore the wonders of nature in this glowing golden month. Happy gardening, happy growing, and happy listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We will come back in just a bit and we will be talking about our credit scores. So don't go away. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Research has found that by asking for a larger order, it increases your chances of inquiring a larger order. You have to be proactive. And why is because buyers respond to a specific request more readily than just a vague, do you want to buy something? Instead, you want to say with confidence, I suggest you'll improve your bottom line by purchasing five widgets instead of three. Be proactive with your sales force and encourage them to think big when talking with customers. Make sure you have a list of the features and benefits of your profits and a valid reason why buying a larger order will save your client money. 
because usually buying a larger order does when you buy in bulk. Ask and you shall receive. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are. The star you the annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, again, my gratitude. I'm always happy when you stay with me for the full hour. Thank you so much. This is Cynthia Bryan, and we are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Well, I recently, uh, because of the 12 uh, atmospheric rivers and all the rain that we had here in Northern California this year, it knocked out a, a lot of my electrical system. It actually fried some of my wires and I had to have it all redone, which is a very costly thing to do. This is wiring that was outside. And I have a very high credit score. It's always in the high 800s because I I really maintain my credit scores. I make sure that um, you know that I, everything's paid on time, and I don't I never have interest in any of that. So I've always had a high credit score. But it's so interesting. I paid uh, the electrical bill and put it on uh, a credit card. And immediately, my credit score went down almost 60 points. So I want to talk about credit scores because these are some things that we, most people don't even know. It, there's, it's very important to have a solid credit score. It's actually drilled into our heads. And this is why I always pay all my bills and all my credit cards on time. I don't ever just pay a minimum. But most of us don't know how much or how, how a credit score is calculated. We don't know how to boost it. And we don't know what it can mean for our, our financial future. And this should be something that's taught in school. But again, it's kind of hard to understand it because understanding credit scores don't have anything to do with intelligence at all. So we just have to kind of break it down. So first of all, what is FICO? FICO isn't the only thing that we need to know. The acronym stands for FAIR Isaac Corporation. I mean, what the heck is that? It's a company that generates scores. It's based on information in credit reports. 
and it helps banks and lenders predict whether you'll make good on your debt or not. And while your FICO score is used by the majority of creditors, there are also companies out there, um, other companies out there. So like Vantage Score is a popular one. Now, banks sometimes develop their own ranking systems, and that's why you can check your score with FICO. Um, and I like to use Credit Karma because it's free. You can Credit Karma, I think it's .org. Anyway, look at Credit Karma. And, and also check your score with your bank. And you will get three different numbers, no matter who you check it with. So the calculations evaluate roughly the same info about your money habit. But it's the logarithms that look at the reports from the three national credit bureaus. And you probably know already about those three national credit bureaus. It's Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And then they analyze your total debt, the length of time you had the credit, the type of, of debts you have, your payment history, and newly acquired credit. And the results are delivered in a numer numerical grade that goes from 300 to 850. And the higher the score, that means that you're a safer bet when it comes to repaying debt. But scores can vary because every company weighs the metrics a little differently. And a good score with one company generally indicates a good score with another. But something I didn't know is if, for example, you apply for a credit card and um, you have a, get a credit card and then you decide you don't want it and you close that credit card, that lowers your score. So you want to ho hold on to things for a long time. So it's best to stay under your credit limits. Like if you have a $5,000 credit limit and then you spend $5,000 to pay for that electrical bill that I was just talking about, your score is going to dip because you used up your entire credit limit. Though the total debt contributes to your score, not all the debt is weighted equally. So you can have like hundreds of thousands of dollars in secured installments debt and still have a great credit score. Um, but secured installment debt is a mortgage or a car loan. But if you defaulted on it, it would mean losing your home or your car. So people typically make payments on time and banks really prefer this kind of debt. Now, if you max out your credit cards, on the other hand, that's a score crusher. So like I max out my credit card paying um, this electric bill, even though I have the money in the bank and when the bill comes, I pay it in full. It didn't matter. It, um, it completely, it knocked my credit score by at least 50, uh, 50 points. And I haven't checked it today, so it might even be lower. But so what you want to do is you don't want to use any more than 30% of your total available credit. So if you have three credit cards, and let's just say you have a combined total of $45,000 limit on all three cards, you, you do not want to owe more than $13,500 on them at any given time. And the lower the amount, the better. And even if you pay the balances off in full every month, as I do, that it, debt will ding your score if it's reported before the payment. And it usually is because 
that's one of the beauties of having a credit card is that you actually get to delay your payment on most credit cards for like 30 days. So there is an option though. You could call your credit card company and see if they would raise your limit. But I don't know. I'm not so sure of that one. I don't like to have too high of a limit because what if you decide to spend it and then you can't repay it? Now, credit scores are just a snapshot in time. If you looked at your credit score on the same day, every single month for a year, you would see that the numbers are going to fluctuate and that's totally normal. Unless you do something like really unusual, like if you default on a loan or you incur some massive credit card day, uh, debt, then your scores are generally going to migrate within a 20 to 25 point band up and down. But lenders are constantly adding information like account balances, late payments to your credit report, and each update can swing the pendulum. So your score may drop a bit if you fill out a new loan application, and then it might rise months later after um, uh, you do a lot of on-time payments. So if you notice a drastic change, like more than 25 points or so, and you haven't done anything out of the ordinary, make sure your records are accurate. You can go to annualcreditreport.com and through December 2023, you can get free credit report weekly up from once a year due to the pandemic related concerns from every bureau. So that's from Equifax, TransUnion and Experian. And as I said on car, uh, Credit Karma, you're, it's always free. So uh, you do want to check because if there's an identity theft or someone has taken your credit card um, or scanned your credit card and started charging things and you didn't even know it, uh, this could ruin your credit. Now, as long as you're not applying for a loan like you need uh, if you wanted to buy a house, you wanted to buy a car or, you know, whatever kind of thing or you wanted a new credit card then your credit score isn't so important. I mean, like, I'm not worried about my credit score going down 50 or 60 points right now because I know I'm going to pay that off. I'm not uh, I'm not applying for any other loans. And, uh, you know, I don't need anything more. I just wanted to have that extra 30 days. But if you are going to be needing something, uh, and uh, again, if you're renting an apartment, for example, they're going to check your credit score. So you have to look at your lifestyle and make sure your score is good. So paying off debt sometimes can actually lower your score. For example, when you send in a final loan payment, that is so great. It's like, congratulations, when you pay off your house, or you pay off your car. And you would think that you would, you know, get balloons or something because you, uh, you know, you paid off your debt. But it doesn't happen because sometimes your score might take a dip because regularly paying a loan lowers your overall debt and shows you're reliable, which bolsters your score. So that goes back to, uh, for example, if you don't have a credit card and you need to get credit, you need to actually use a credit card or have some kind of debt in order to get a credit score. So if you're a person that has always paid cash for things, you're not increasing your credit. You might be really great at paying off everything, paying it in cash, but they don't know that. So that's why you need to have a credit card and you need to pay it off and keep it at that 30% of whatever it is. 
there's so many factors in this score um, that it's really kind of hard to know. But just remember one thing. If you're a perfectionist, don't start wanting a perfect score because that doesn't matter. I mean, breaking over 800 is considered exceptional. That is considered the super prime range. And that is really, really good, right? But staying on top of your finances is always a good idea, no matter what. And according to data at FICO, you just need to hit 760 to get the best average interest rates on mortgage loans and other kinds of loans for cars, et cetera. Or maybe a car you can actually get to 720. But so keep it, you know, 720 or above. So fake, focus on making timely payments minimizing your credit card debt and, you know, go easy on yourself. But definitely, uh, you definitely do want to use credit and just make sure to pay it off. All right. That's our show for today. Thank you for being great listeners and being here on Star Style. Be the star you are every week with me, Cynthia Bryan, coming to you live on the Voice American Network and brought to you by Be the Star You Are charity. Uh, we are still doing this shoe drive at Be the Star You Are. so visit bethestarur.org for more information about me, Cynthia Bryan, Star Style Productions. Oh, my new book, Family Forever, is coming out soon. Go to cynthiabryan.com, Brian with an I. My aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And until next week, when we celebrate again together, remember that love always wins. Kindness will always prevail, but smiles are going to keep us happy. So keep smiling. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Thanks for joining me, and we'll be together next week. Make it a great week. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.